Welcome back to Fourth and Forever. It is my pleasure to introduce the man joining us today, one of the most feared defensive players in the entire NFL, former Super Bowl champion and MVP, the Denver Broncos' own Vaughn Miller. Thank you for coming. Howdy. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it, man. Hey, I saw you on a uh, virtual fan thing there for, uh, was it for the Lakers or the Heat? Oh, uh, yeah, it's for the Lakers. Um, it, my, yeah. Um, I just got presented with that. Uh, just like out the blue, I didn't even know. It was like two days before, and um, my assistant asked me, "Did I want to be a virtual fan?" I was like, "Hey, let's do it." I saw myself <laughs> on TV, man. It was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting it to be that cool, man. It was pretty cool. Were you excited for LeBron? What are your takes on? Uh, give me your take on the finals quickly. Yeah, I was. I was excited for LeBron, man. I wanted him to win. You know, he's the goat. You know, he's had, uh, you know, a whole lot of opportunities to go win the finals, and you know, to go and get his fourth one was was cool. You know, I was definitely rooting for the Lakers. You're obviously going through some of your own stuff now, injury-wise. Most recently, I'm sure you've been following the storylines in the NFL closely, but we saw Dak Prescott last week uh, and his ankle injury. They're talking about a four to six month recovery. What's the first thing you thought of when you saw it? And if you could offer any advice to Dak, uh, stuff that you've already been through, little milestones you've hit already in your recovery path, what would those be? But first, w w what did you think of right away? You know, I I kind of second guessed it. I was like, man, it can't be real. Um, you know, I was watching the game. I was watching the game live at home, and I and I saw everything. I saw his leg and stuff, and you know, immediately I was just trying to go to like, okay, it's, it's just dislocated. You know, they'll be able to put it back. They'll just be able to put it back in. Right. And you know, whenever you dislocate something, you know, it's it's a little surgery there, but like, it's not. You know, as extreme as if you as if you broke something, and then you know the later news came out that he had a compound fracture, and you know he's gonna be out four to six months. And um, you know, if anybody could go through and, and beat something like that, it's Dak. You know, I've been around Dak, and you know I know the type of guy he is. You know, he, he plays for the Cowboys. My whole family's, um, you know, Cowboys fans. You know, I feel like I've, you know. Um, Followed his career, you know, this whole time of definitely rooting for, you know, Dak. And if anybody can get through this, is is Dak, man. And you know, it's a it's a, it's a serious injury, but you know, he's got all the best doctors in the world. You know, he's got the Cowboys team doctors, you know, working on him, looking after him. You know, he'll he'll be all right. It'll be an incredible story. You know, the NFL they like they like um, you know they love stories like this. They love redemption stories. They love comeback stories. And this is just gonna be a, a great comeback story for Dak and for all of us to, you know, be inspired by. It's tough for I think a lot of people on the outside, you know, because when you're in it, you feel like that's the most important thing going on, your own personal injury. But the world still turns, right? The season must go on. Yeah. So now, where are the Cowboys? What do you think? I mean, Andy Dalton is their guy. They they named him their starter. Uh, if he goes down, they signed Garrett Gilbert. Uh, from the Browns practice squad, and the NFC East is wide open. I mean, the Cowboys are ahead in their division. What do you think about their chances for the rest of the year in their division in the NFC East? And what about, do you see them trading for a quarterback, maybe like Dwayne Haskins, maybe Josh Rosen? Do you think that's in their future? No, I mean, they got Andy. You know, um, this is uh, one of the the biggest free agent signings of the offseason, you know, Andy Dalton going yep. to the Cowboys and nobody expected it, you know, and they, they signed him, you know, to that deal to come there and, and back up Dak and, you know, you they brought him in to be a veteran quarterback and, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of Dak and, you know, make Dak better and now you got, you know, Andy, you know, it's next man up in the NFL and, you know, Dak's, Dak's hurt, he's going to be out for the rest of the season and you got Andy, he's, uh, 
you know, the, the Red Rifle has definitely, you know, led some incredible <laughs> offenses. You know, he's uh, taking the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. I think I want to say twice, and um, yeah, you know, he's he's had an incredible he had, he's had an incredible you know year with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, he's he's won games, won big time games. He's, he's threw for a lot of yards. He's led teams. You know, he's done all this great stuff with the Cincinnati Bengals. Is now he's um, you know he's here with the Dallas Cowboys, and it's time to it's time to go. It's you know everybody says you know his next man up in the NFL. And, you know, they still got, uh, you know, Zeke and, and Amari Cooper and, and C.D. Lamb. And, you know, they got this big, stout offensive line still. You know, I know they're down a couple of offensive linemen, but their offensive line is, is still stout. And, um, yeah, it's next man up. Like you said, you know, the NFC East is wide open. And all those teams are, are struggling right now. So, you know, it's um, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, not to, not to have Dak in there. But I, I feel like, you know, they'll still be able to go out and be competitive in games and, and win a couple of these games as well. All you got to do is win a division to go to the playoffs. And, you know, they're definitely in the hunt for that. I 100% agree. I think that's a good take on it. Uh, what about contract-wise with Dak? The sticking point, it sounded like, was the four-year deal, which Dak wanted, the five-year deal, which the Cowboys and Jerry Jones wanted. You got your massive deal with the Broncos. How awkward you think it was for Dak in the building because you live this right like you you still see those people on a daily basis right like you see John Elway all the time and you everybody knows you're in this contract dispute how awkward is that as a player when you're going through that you know it's, a, it's we got a beautiful league that we play in and um you know it's a dream to play in the National Football League but it doesn't it does have some some weird and ugly sides to it you know that's that's just one of them you know it's that's just the business part of it i think um injuries is a is a, a big ugly side for the nfl and i think um you know cuts at the end of training camp is is ugly too other than that you know other than signing contracts and you know getting hurt and, and getting cut you know this is a beautiful league it's a beautiful league that we live in and you just kind of you know got to live with that um you know, everybody's human at the end of the day, and I feel like if we can all, like, you know, keep that in mind, everything will be good. And I think over time that I think especially, like, with situations like that, you know, um, the human aspect has the, you know, it has the kick in. I don't know if you go and, you know, sign them to, you know, uh, um, you know a 10-year you know, a deal, but you want to keep Dak around. You know, you, you want to right. keep Dak that, around. That was going to be my next question. What do you, what do you think they do? contract-wise with him, you think they offer him the same exact deal or something less? Because now the Cowboys have all the leverage, right? I mean, now Dak's got to prove it again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't want to speculate on, on, like, what they're doing, but it's you got to be human about it. You know, Dak has been playing well the last two years. You know, he's led the league in passing. I think he, I think he either led the league in passing last year or he was extremely close. Um, and he was, he was on his way to doing the same thing this year. And, um, you know, with quarterbacks and ankle – you know, you really don't need like an ankle like that. I can see if it was like a, you know, if, if I can see if it was like a shoulder, like if he, you know, shattered his shoulder or did like some crazy things to his throwing arm. But, you know, his throwing motion is going to always, it's going to be the same. He's going to be able to make all the passes still. It's not like he's, you know, running 400 yards a game or anything like that. He'll still be able to move, you know, after this. But, you know, in my opinion, you got to keep Dak around, man. He, he was on his way um, to, um, you know, doing great things with the Cowboys, and if you don't, he still has a bright future. It's a lot of teams that need quarter, that needs quarterbacks right now, and you know, wherever he goes, he's gonna be he's gonna be the the same deck that he was for the Cowboys for any other team. And it's crazy because you see other quarterbacks get deals, and in my opinion, I feel like Dak is 
on that same type of level. And I, I the NFL like is Wentz, a You're talking Wentz, Goff. Yeah, like, like Wentz, Goff, Deshaun Watson. You know, um, I feel like he's, you know, he's right there, you know, with those guys. And all of those guys got, you know, all these guys got deals and, you know, whatnot. Off of, they got paid off of potential, you know, basically. And, you know, no Dak has done a lot of games. And I think, um, you know, he's won. He's won. Uh, I think Tom Brady is the only quarterback that has won more games than him. It was another stat, like another win stat for Dak. And, you know, wow. Dak, at the end of the day, Dak wins games. He's a great quarterback, and he should be able to, you know, get paid like the rest of those guys. Let's talk about your injury first and, and how you're feeling right now, where you're at mentally, because I know from my own experience, dislocating my shoulder, tearing my labrum, when you go down and you know it's the entire year, you kind of go into that, like, Christian Bale, Batman you know, dark hole and this like solitary place and you have to fight every day during rehab and you create these little milestones of things that you couldn't do the day before that you're going to attempt to do the next day. At least that was my experience. Where are you at with your recovery? How are you feeling physically, emotionally, mentally? Where are you at? I I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've torn my ACL before and, you know, I've been in this place before. And like you said, you know, it, it is a dark space. But I mean, I'm immediately brought back to like that quote by Bane when he was talking to uh, uh, Batman and he was he was beating him up. And he was like, hey, you've merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like, you know, these situations that I've been in, I, like I've been in this I've been in this situation before. And, you know, um, I can't sit here and say, like, it's been all like positive. Like that wouldn't be that wouldn't like. That wouldn't like be true. Like you, you, you go through like these different emotions, but I'm at a great space. You know, I feel like those first two days are the toughest. That's why I haven't reached out to Dak or anything like that yet, because the first two days are the toughest. And like I've right. come to that conclusion. Like it's, it takes two days to like get through that. Like you have like these dreams and these these flashbacks. Like what if I would have yep. made this move, or what if I would have did this differently, or what if I would have wore these shoes to practice today? Or like, what if I would have <laughs> ate this? You know, you do that for like two days. And then after that, for me, after that, I started thinking about like, what can I do to like beat this? Like, what can I do to like overcome this? What can I do to get back this season? Like, I immediately like got in that, you know, space. And I haven't looked back. You know, I haven't like, I haven't second guessed it. Like, I, I know like I'm going to come out of this injury and I know I'm going to be good. I go into... I go into rehab every day, and um, I feel it. I feel my ankle, and I feel, like, the strength coming back. And, you know, it's not like an ACL. The ACL was tough, man. Like, you got to have, you know, your knee in this little brace for, like, you know, um, probably eight weeks. You know, you can you, – it's hard to take showers. And, you know, an ankle compared to that, you know, it's not as bad, man. You know, I'm going to be back. I'm in a good space. The list of injuries just goes on and on. I mean, Saquon, you, Dak – Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Nick Bosa. It's incredible this year, the number of guys who've gone down and, and premier players that have gone down. Is it the lack of off season? Is it, you know, what, what would you attribute that to? Do you think it's just a fluke year? I think it's just a fluke year. I think it's just 2020 because yeah. you got guys that don't go to OTAs. You got guys that don't do football right. stuff. Like, you know, it, it's not the first time where, where guys like, don't have an offseason. In 2016, I didn't do anything in the offseason. I did Dancing with the Stars and went to Six Flags every week. I didn't do any football stuff the whole entire offseason. And I, that year, I had one of the best years of my career in 2016. And, you know, I, I didn't have any injuries or anything like that. I just feel like it's just a fluke year, man. And it all started off 
by the Kansas City Chiefs winning. They shouldn't have won that game. It was supposed to be. <laughs> now that was a joke. Now that was a joke. <laughs> now everybody knows Patrick Mahomes was supposed to win that. Everybody knows Patrick Mahomes was supposed to win that. You're just hating because they're in the division. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, but I, you can't, like, you can't, like, like, you can't hate Patrick Mahomes, man. It's like, you no. just, it's it's impossible to hate, like, Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's just, he does everything right. There's nothing to hate. The only reason to hate him is because he wins. And, like, yep. that's not a good reason to just hate somebody because they <laughs> win all the time. Like, that's that's lame, yeah. you know. So, you know, but it's, it, you know, it started off with, like, the unfortunate, you know, um, passing of Kobe. And then it just got in the quarantine and, you know, and all all the lives that we lost through COVID and then, you know, all of this stuff, you know, and this is from my perspective, you know, I'm sure if you ask somebody else, their perspective would be different about 2020, but mine, it, sure. you know, it started with COVID and quarantine and everybody uh, going through this whole COVID crisis, whether, you know, you, um, whether they, you know, lose their life or they're extremely sick or the whole COVID thing is extremely crazy and then you know trying to find a way to play football in a pandemic not only football but all of these sports trying to find a right. way to play sports during a pandemic and you know it's it's just it's just the crazy year has got to be something with you know the stars aligning or the planets aligning or right. or something bro because it's, it's it's just crazy right now how do you think the league's handling this virus and and everything going on it seemed like at the beginning at least from my perspective you know, it was, okay, there's a positive test. Okay, well, wait a couple of days and then play your game. But the bottom line is we're getting these games in. You know what I mean? Now it seems like the league's taking a step back and maybe readdress some of these protocol issues and is thinking a little more about player safety first. What's your take on it? Because you're watching it from the outside. Obviously you're in the building, but you have a unique vantage point, I feel like. How do you think the league's handled this? Well. I feel like it all starts with the decision to play football because we wanted to play football. I wanted to play football. I wanted to play football in a pandemic, you know, and I'm sure, uh, you know, some of my colleagues, you know, feel the same way. I, I wanted to play football. I didn't want to skip. I didn't want to lose this year. I wanted to do everything that we possibly could to make this work. I'm sure, you know, some of my colleagues felt the same. And, you know, if you didn't feel like that, it was the opportunity to opt out, you know, and everybody had the opportunity to opt out and, then from the league's perspective, from like the administration perspective, you know, they want to play football too. They want to get this thing done. So they're trying to do everything, everything possible to make that happen. So now we go to step two. We are going to play football in a pandemic. How do we make that safe? We, we don't have the bubble, you know, um, we don't have the bubble like the NBA had. You know, it, it would have just been crazy to do 32 bubbles. It would, it could have been possible, you know, in my opinion. It, it was de it's definitely right. possible. But, you know, um, to take, you know, all of these people away from their families, you know, um, for four months is, is just extreme. You know, the NBA only had to do it for, you know, that restart period. And, um, you know, to have a whole season in a bubble away from my whole family, like, that would have been tough. Like, we could have did – We it, it could be done. It could definitely be done, but – you know, a more, um, you know, logical way to do it, you know, um, in my opinion, was to do it the way we're doing it. And that's for everybody to, um, you know, go through testing, daily testing every day, you know, to continue to socially distance. And that, that means with your family and your friends and, um, you know, all the other obligations that you would have outside of football. And, you know, they really put the, the onus on the players, okay? 
Now we do that, right. we know it's gonna be some hoes. It's obviously hoes, you know, it's obviously hoes because we go home and we can't really control like, you could, but like, say if your your wife or your girlfriend goes to the gym and you know, she contracts the virus at the gym or around her friends and she brings it back to you and now you have the virus. Right. It's, it's, it's so many different hoes and, and so many different scenarios that could play out. And I think the NFL had, we did everything that we could possibly do to minimize the risk outside of getting the bubble. Right when we come in, we, we get tested. You gotta get tested right before before you come in the facility. Next thing you do, you go through a um, like a little heat scanner and they, they take your temperature and you pick up your um, you pick up your tracker. We wear these trackers in there so we can monitor who we who who we've been around uh, longer than ten minutes throughout the day, and we still socially distance in the building. And um, you know, we 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 wash our hands. We have to wear masks. We do everything that we can possibly do to stay safe. But still, there are holes. So we know that people are going to have positive tests. We know right. that. Now the next step is to whenever somebody does have a positive test, we try to contain it and keep it as small as possible. And um, we try to, you know, contact everybody that these contact traces. We try to find everybody that has been around, and we check those guys. This is this is that's just as that's all we could possibly do. You know, that's right. that's all that we could possibly do. And um, you know, it all goes back to the very first decision. Like we want to play football in a pandemic, and this is what comes with it. And now, if it if it goes crazy, then you know you got to reassess things. The the protocols right. that we had in order at the beginning of the season, like it's changed. You know, things change. You know, more positive tests are coming in, so they had to change the rules and they had to crack down on some more stuff and. You know, at the end of the day, for me, man, I'm not even playing right now. But I want to play football, and I want and I want this to work. And we've shown that it that it can work. We went a whole training camp with no positive tests. We went the first two weeks without positive tests. We just got to reassess and you know continue to go back to what worked for us. Um, right now, the smart thing to do, like now, we still got to be human at the end of the day. If we just have an outbreak and all 32 teams catch, you know, the virus and it just goes crazy and it's just not safe to play football anymore. Now we got to readdress stuff. And I, and even then, I still don't say that we cancel a football season. We just take a break from the football season to reassess things, to try to make this thing work. It's not like it's going to be like this. It's, we, we're not going to have to deal with COVID. Well, just in my, I, in my opinion, things could be crazy next year too as well, but... Hopefully, we won't have to deal with this with with the COVID crisis next year, and we just got to fight our way through this season, and everything will go back to normal next year. You experienced this in the off season. Talk about your symptoms and how long you dealt with it. I was in uh, San Francisco training. Um, that's where we. That's where I normally go um, during the off season to like train and get back in football shape. It was in uh, San Francisco from January fifth until March twentieth, and. Um, Whenever um, the stay-at-home order took place, San Francisco was the very first city to have the stay-at-home order. And I was like, you know, we work out outside, and, you know, we were in sand, we were in the sand hills, and we were in the stairs and stuff. So in my mind, I was thinking, like, hey, we're going to be good. we outside. We don't even go to a gym. You know, we outside, and my mom and, like, everybody was calling me and, like, telling me to come back, you know. Um, I, talked to, I talked to Elway, and he was like, you know, it's probably best to just, like, come back home and just in case anything you know does happen you'll be here in Denver so I come home I'm here training at my gym like for the first two weeks and I started to get like this cough 
and it was like it was like a painful cough. It wasn't like an asthma cough or like a Colorado altitude like cough. Like <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't right. that. It was like, bro, like it hurts to cough. Like and when I would cough, my lungs would my lungs would be sore and like my throat would be sore. And I was I still didn't pay any mind to it. I just I continued to work out. And I came in the kitchen and um I came in the kitchen after one workout and I was coughing and my assistant, she was telling me, like, you might as well just go get tested. The Broncos are they have free testing. And I was like, all right, I might as well get tested. I'm joking about it. I'm going to get the Rona test. I'm going to go get checked on by they, – they, I'm, I'm about to go see it. Like, I was joking. You know, I was joking about oh, it. I no. wasn't taking it serious. <laughs> right. And um, I went to get tested. I drove up. You know, um, Dr. Garrity, our team physician, he had the whole, like, uh, hazmat suit on. And, you know, he gave me the test through the car door. And um, in the car was my uh, cousin and my homeboy Shane Ray. He was driving. We were all in the car. When it got tested, he dropped me back off. Shane went home. I continued to like work out. Um, two days later, Dr. Garrity called me and he was like, um, he said, hey. His very first thing that he said, he said, hey, how are you feeling? And I was like, hold on, like, how am I feeling? Like, that's, it's, it's, it's different. Cause usually he would, he usually, you know, people say like, hey, how you doing? Like, how's everything going? Right. But like, nah, how you feeling? His, <laughs> He was like, hey, you knew. how are you? Yeah, he was like, hey, how you feeling? I was like, oh, like, hey, I'm like, I'm straight. Everything good. He was like, well, you know, we got the results back. And they do. it says that you are positive for COVID-19. And, like, right when he said it, bro, like, my heart just, like, my heart just, like, dropped. Bro. I was like, bro. I was like, bro, like, I, like, people are dying from this thing. Like, it's, it's serious. And I have asthma, like, the whole nine. And I was like, bro, like, the same, the same, um, Little process that I went through, like hurting my ankle, like I went through the same process then. It was like the initial shock, you know, I called everybody, let them know I was good. And then right after that, it was like, hey, how can I beat this? Like, what can I do to like overcome this? Um, what can I do to like not let this affect me like it's affecting everybody else? And, you know, I did the uh, quarantine 14 days. He told me I had to stay at home 14 days. And I was like, man, like, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time to just chill at the house. <laughs> and then when you used to life, like, when you, when you used to, like, people are like, like, I have, like, the chef come. It's just, like, so many people involved in my life to, to right. help everything, like, go. And that was taken away. Like, I, I had to make my own food. I had to, like, we had to do every, we had to do everything, you know. And um, I had all of these, um people like looking out for me and like I had all these people like checking in on for, for me and you know it just it really put me in a mindset like hey this is serious because if I'm struggling through this thing and I got all of these other people like all these people helping me to get through it what about the people that don't have that what about the people that that don't have like the team physician and everybody pouring out like all type of tips that like get through it what about those people like those people are like really getting the bad end of it and like I got all this right. stuff in place and I got all these people looking out for me and I'm still struggling through this virus I knew it was I knew it was serious and I knew like I had to like I knew I had to like let the people know that I had the virus like I thought about it at first like man you know everybody don't know I got the virus but and I felt like it was bigger than that I felt like when people knew like I had the virus then people would start to take it serious because the people around right. me they know how they know how well like I take care of my body and like they know like like the nutrition and all the things that I do to stay in shape and I got the virus. So like the regular guy, like if you get the virus, it's going to be trouble. And I just want to spread no, no. awareness through that. So that's why I had to let people know. But it was, uh, it was, it was serious, man. And 
you know, it took me some time to like get over it. I tested positive for the virus for um, 17 days. Then I got my wow. first negative test after the um, 17th day. And I got um, my second negative test after the, the 21st day. And then I, I um, started to work out like on, at, on the 22nd day, I started to work out. And when I went out there, bro, I was out of there. I couldn't like I was do, just doing regular warm ups, like stretching. And like, bro, I was out of there. I was like, bro, I don't know how I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to play football this year. I don't know how like I'm gonna be able to get back like my my lungs back to like where they were, and um, I just started to work out, man. It took it took me about like a month and a half, but I was able to fight through it, man. I was able to get back to to normal. So it's it's definitely a tough virus, man. And, it, and getting it during the season and trying to play and come back from it, it's it's definitely got to be tough. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I thought you did a great job of spreading awareness about it, especially somebody like you, so visible but also uh, so open to the public, um, you know, sharing that as a resource to people was really important. So people did understand what, what others were dealing with. Um, so I commend you for that. But then what about a guy, Cam Newton, the most notable guy to have, have gotten the virus. You guys were drafted the same class, one and two respectively. And uh, the, in that draft year, have you talked to him at all? Uh, have you reached out to him? What, what's your guys' uh, dialogue like? No, I haven't. I haven't reached out to Cam, but I talked to him before. Like I talked to Cam um, before, like um, he got the virus. Like during this off season, I saw like all the workouts that he was doing, and I saw like um, all the work that he was putting in for this season. And I just, I just wanted to hit him up and let him know that I was supporting him, man. And like I, I still believe oh, in him, cool. and I want to see him, and I want to see him do good. I want to see him do good with the Patriots and stuff. And you know, there were so many people like. It was so many people doubting him, and like it was so many people like, you know, for him not to get picked up, and like all this other stuff that went on, like, you know, with his uh, free agency it was crazy to me. I see all these other quarterbacks get picked up, and I was like, man, this is Cam Newton, like MVP of the league, <laughs> like he changed the league. He was one of the first like quarterback. He was he was the first one. He was before like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, and like you know all these guys that can run and pass. Well, you know, he was really like the first, you know, quarterback to be able to do both of those extremely well and, you know, to lead his team to the Super Bowl and do all that stuff. So when I saw like, you know, him fighting back from injury and him coming back and when he got picked up from the Patriots, I reached out to him like, hey, man, I want to see you do good. I want to see you do well. But I haven't talked to him, you know, since uh, the virus thing. You talked about the NBA having this bubble and the NFL and reassessing some things. Do you think it makes sense to have a, at least to have a playoff bubble because it's such a shorter period of time and less teams? Do you think that makes sense? Yeah, I like it. I think it, I think that makes sense. Like, you know, if you got, it's hard to do it with 32 teams, but, and a football team is just so big. Like a football team, I know. you got, I mean, come on, like, you know how it is, like when you travel, like yeah. when you travel and then that plane is trying, full, <laughs> bro. It's it's full and like now you're gonna now you're gonna have a bubble. Like I'm interested to see how it would happen because it's definitely doable. It's definitely doable, but I'm just interested interested to see like how would they be able to do it? Like when you got a basketball team, you got 11 guys on the basketball team. Yeah, you can pack. Uh, I mean, you can put it like. You can you can do a basketball team on each floor if you wanted to, you know. And if you got like right. if you got like those hotels in Orlando and you got like thirty or forty five floors, like you could put like you know a, a different you could put a whole team and staff on each floor, you know. So it's it's different when you got a football team and you got seventy five guys, and 
you know, you have, you know, eight teams, like, you know, that's a lot of people that you got to look out for and staff that you know these guys want to have, like, families and, you know, they want to be around their families and, you know, their wives and their children as well. So right. it's just it's just the logistics things that, you know, like the NFL, like people that's way smarter than me and way more capable of, you know, working these problems out. Like, they'll be able to do it. And I feel like it's definitely doable. And it's, it's definitely something that we should look take an extreme look into. Like, you got all these top teams competing for a Super Bowl and, you know, you want to make sure everything goes right. You don't want to got to test positive two days before the game and now – you know, the whole playoffs look different. You know, you want all the guys to be able to, to play. You don't want it to get interrupted. But then again, that goes back to, you know, the thing that the very first thing that we talked about. Like, we agreed to play football in a pandemic. Right. Like, this stuff, this stuff comes with it. Like, and we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to get adjusted to the new normal. But, you know, it's, this playoff bubble, I think it's, it's definitely something that, that we should do. You've had this illustrious career, and it will continue next year as soon as you're healthy. I have no doubt about that, but you're a Super Bowl champ, an MVP, a future Hall of Famer. I want to know your favorite Peyton Manning story, your favorite DeMarcus Ware story. We had DeMarcus on the show. He talked awfully highly of you. So give me your favorite Peyton Manning story from that Super Bowl year, from Super Bowl 50, uh, the championship year. Man, I was, with, I was with Peyton for four years, man. And like, I, it, it was just the whole, like me being young and like getting a guy like Peyton Manning, you think like, you think like, you think shit like that happen like all the time. You think like, oh yeah, we get you, you know, when you're a young guy and you just you know you just two years in the league and you get like guys like you sign guys like Willis McGahee and and Peyton Manning and you got Demarius Thomas and you got Noshawn Marino backing up. You thinking like, oh yeah, this this how football is. Like you gonna get players like this. You are gonna have legends like this every year. Right. You know that's where my mom was at. And then like. Peyton's not here anymore, and you see, like, how hard it is to, like, build a team back up to, like, it's it's extremely hard. And, you know, I just remember when Peyton Manning first got here, um, he he dropped back for a pass during um, OTAs. We were, we were back there for OTAs. He had, like, his little hand towel on his waist, and he dropped back for a pass, and he, he threw it, and I was like, bro, like, that's Peyton Manning. Like, that's Peyton Manning out there. Like, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, I was like, bro, that's, we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We got Peyton Manning. And just being around him in the locker room, like, I was expecting for him to be, like, just, like, I was expecting for him to be Peyton Manning, like, the superstar that we see on TV and all the, you know, the nationwide commercials. Like, I was expecting, like, this. But he's, he's one of the guys. Like, he, he's right. one of the guys, man. Like, he knows everybody. He He's he's. I don't even think humble is the word for it. Like he's he's one of the guys. He um he knows all the janitors, he knows all the the, the custodians, the strength and conditioning guys, like the equipment guys from number one to number two. It doesn't matter. He has a relationship with all these guys. He was, you know, never too big to like ask a question no matter what it may be. He was you know, he always had time for everybody. Even even if it was like short conversation, you know, he was never too big for his teammates and that's what I remember most about Peyton Manning. And, you know, when he cracked the whip, like, everybody listened. And, yeah. you know, he was a, he was a great leader. He, um, in, in any game where we're down by 21, I remember we played the, the San Diego Chargers. We were down by 24 points at halftime. And uh, we came back and we won that game. I want to say we won that game 27 to 35. I think Peyton Manning came back and threw five touchdowns that second yeah. half. I might be lying, but – I, I remember, I remember it being some crazy that second half, and you know, just you know, being around Peyton Manning. That's what I remember the most: how humble he was. And I try to, you know, I always try to like 
you know, take some of the great things that Peyton Manning did and DeMarcus Ware did, and, you know, socially around the locker room and the guys. And I try to instill that in myself. And I just remember how great they were. And, you know, that's the type of guy that I want to be. That's the type of guy that I want, you know, my teammates to remember me as. And, you know, me and DeMarcus, we had such a special relationship. What's one thing you learned from DeMarcus? One thing, like, technically, not just as a friend. I know you guys became good friends, but technically that he Man. really, you know, taught you something. Man, his his game was is so different from any other defensive man that I've that I've ever been around and I've ever seen. You know, he was so technical with his hands and you know his setup and his eyes and you know I think I think uh, number one thing that I got from Demarcus is looking down the line at everybody else on the line, not just my guy, and getting beads on what this down is going to be. Like getting beads mm -hmm. on what the play is going to be just by looking at the tackle across or looking at the center knowing if it's going to be a quick snap by looking at the center. DeMarcus will look at five minutes of film and know if the center is leaning out or not. And if the center is leaning out, <laughs> that means he gives, us a, he gives us a cue when we can jump the ball. So sometimes centers have like this, they lift up their heels before they like snap, and DeMarcus will go off uh, his heels. Sometimes DeMarcus will look like – DeMarcus. sometimes DeMarcus will look at the quarterbacks, and, you know, sometimes quarterbacks like lift up their heels when they're like yep. under center. They lift up their heels to like get back out of there fast, and he'll go off their heels. So – I think with Demarcus, I can never, I can never mold my game after Demarcus. He's just, his game was so different. Like I can never go out there and do exactly what he did. But the way he looked at the game and the, the little um, tricks that he picked up by watching film and stuff, like that's what I got from Demarcus the most. Yeah, you did hit me pretty hard on a Thursday night game, you dick. Oh yeah, yeah that was a. Uh, that was my first Thursday night. That was before we was cool, Mark. That was before we was cool. You know, that, was <laughs> <laughs> that was before we was cool, man. And then, you know, right, I, that, was cool. right. that was my rookie season. That's my rookie season. I just yeah. had, you know, I had to. Oh, I remember. You know, I had to get started. Okay, well, talk to me about the AFC West, the Broncos' chances of, of trying to make this thing happen, and how hard is it to play against Patrick Mahomes? I mean, is he the best quarterback you've played against other than me? Uh, is he the best you've <laughs> ever faced? Come on, talk to me. You know, I, I was just having a discussion about this earlier, man. Like, whenever you got, whenever you got like elite quarterbacks, like you can't really rank them. You can't really like say like, oh, like Tom Brady's better than Peyton Manning, or Peyton Manning's better. You can't really. You just they're just elite. And if you switch mm -hmm. out Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady, uh, you get different results. If you switch out Peyton Manning and Big Ben, and you bring Big Ben to Indy, and you take Peyton Manning and put him with the with the the Steelers, like, it's, it's a different team. It's a different look. So, you know, all these guys are just elite. And, um, you know, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is just, like, he's an elite quarterback. He can be beat. You know, all these guys can be beat. You know, we, we've we beaten Tom Brady. We've, you know, I've beaten – I don't think I've ever beaten uh, Patrick Mahomes, by the way. I haven't beat Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, all these guys can be beat. We just witnessed it by, you know, the Raiders beating the Chiefs, you know, this last past yeah. week. You just – you know, it's just pro football, you know, and if you got, if your 53 is ready to go and the other team is is not ready to go, it don't matter who you got on, on either side of the ball. Like, it's Sundays are going to be Sundays forever. And, you know, teams always end up getting beat that, that shouldn't get beat. We wasn't supposed to win the Super Bowl. You know, we, we wasn't right. supposed to, we weren't supposed to be the Carolina Panthers. They was undefeated. They hadn't lost a game all year, you know, and we had been in tight games. All year long, we had won. We, we won nine. We won six games within three points or less. Like so, we had been in dogfights that whole entire year when you know the Carolina Panthers had been blowing out everybody. You know, going into right. that game, and you know we just weren't supposed to win it. And you know, Sunday comes and 
you know, we're able to play and make some plays, and, you know, we won a Super Bowl. And that's how every single game is on each and every Sunday. Just because you have, you know, Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger or Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't mean that you can't get beat. You just got to go out there and play. But they definitely have a great quarterback, and it's definitely hard to win against, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, and everybody knows that. I mean, the game's changed so much even since you've been in the league. Hits like Jalen Ramsey had. Did you see it over the weekend? What they called the – yeah, they, they said it was helmet to helmet. Yeah, I saw it. Right. What do you think? And how hard is it? I mean, the offensive players are moving fast. You guys are moving just as fast. It is a high-speed collision, and it looked – to some people, like Kyle Allen might have ducked his head a little bit and Ramsey was trying to go for a specific target, but, I mean, your target area is so small as a defender. Yeah. Talk about how the league's changed, and do you think Jalen Ramsey should get fined for that? Me personally, and you know, my opinion, I don't think Jalen Ramsey should be fined for that. Right. But I know, I know how the league works, and <laughs> <laughs> I know how the league works. They, just, they set the precedent, they, yeah. Yeah, they def, like, they're definitely going to look into that. Like, I saw it live. You know, he came, like, he was trying to just get a hit on him. You don't know if Kyle, I don't know if Kyle's going to run out of bounds. I don't know if he's going to try to run me over on the sideline. I'm just trying to come hit him. And that's what he did. And at the last second, you know, Kyle turned sideways and Jalen hit him on the side of the helmet. And that's a soft spot, you know, and it, it kind of, you know, put him down for a second. But, yeah, you know, the league is doing everything they possibly can do to make this game a safer game, you know, a sustainable game. You know, if – um. You know, we continue to play how they played in the 80s and 90s. You know, in, in, 2000, <laughs> in 2025 and 2030, you know, people, not, they might not want to watch football like that. They might not be as interested in football to go out and see everybody beat themselves up and create all these injuries, long-lasting injuries after football. Like, right, nobody wants right. to watch that. But if the NFL can clean it up in a way that would make it safer for all the players involved, in turn, the game is a more sustainable game and more people want to watch it. And, yeah. um, you know, you have, you, have, you have injuries like – you have freak injuries all the time, like guys, you know, popping Achilles or breaking an ankle or shoulder or – you have all this stuff all the time. Like, we can't control that. But what we can control is the way we tackle each other, the way we hit each other. We can control that. And the game can be played without all these crazy hits. And, you know, it's just tough for guys like me. It's tough for guys like Jalen Ramsey. We've – play football our whole entire lives and this is just this is how you play football you know and now when you get right. into the league you change it up but as a pro you got to be able to you know change and mold and evolve with the game and that's just one of the wrinkles that they want to get out of the game my whole entire life I've always been taught to just clobber the quarterback like just to, right. just whenever you get it so whenever you get a off. chance <laughs> yeah whenever you get a chance to you know get a hit on the quarterback you do it and yeah. Now, like, you, it's just not you, – you can't, you can't do that. You know, it's like – especially in the National Football League, you know, quarterbacks mean so much to the sport. And if you could take off, you know, a guy rolling up and – if you could take, you know, a guy hitting a quarterback in the knee and, you know, saving, you know, like a ACL or MCL, or you could take out the low hits or the concussions or, you know, falling on top of a 300-pound guy, falling – because at the end of the day, I'm a quarterback, Mark. I'm a quarterback at heart, so – I, I like I, I I agree with you on this stuff. Like I feel you. Like if I'm tackling a guy, yeah. I'm standing here and I'm I'm throwing the ball. I'm looking downfield trying to throw the ball, trying to hit Keenan Allen or Julio Jones. I'm trying to hit him deep, and I got this 300 pound guy that hits me at the same time, and now he falls yeah. on top of me, and now I like break my collarbone or like something. Like you can we can take that out the game. Like you can still hit the quarterback. You can still hit him hard, 
but we don't have yeah. to like fall on top of them. That'll make our game safer. That's one little wrinkle. That's one little wrinkle that'll make our game safer and more sustainable. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure I speak for a lot of quarterbacks when I hear a defensive guy <laughs> talk like that. Thank you so much. But can we uh, can we rank your top five quarterbacks in the league, or six actually? I'll give you six quarterbacks in the league from one to six, or six to one, however you want to do it. But we'll go with uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Lamar Jackson. You like Josh Allen in there already? See, I kind of do. I think he's like a he's putting up numbers. Like an MVP, he just hasn't done it for a long period of time yet, right? This is the first year everybody's seen it. But what do you, what do you think about Josh Allen? I like Josh Allen. I, I, I like it. we. Uh, but you don't <laughs> like him talk six. I mean, I, I, he's a great quarterback, but we're talking about like <laughs> he's a great quarterback. I don't want to start no controversy, and I don't want, I don't want to start that. Like he he's a great quarterback, and like he's a great quarterback to build a franchise around, like all of that, like all of that good stuff. Like and he's on his way to becoming like. You know, a great quarterback in his league, but like, you need I, the sample size. I get it. You need more. No, you, I, need you, more. You, you, you don't really need that because I really, I we've only gotten a sample size from Patrick Mahomes too, and that sample has been enough to like say like, he's this, oh. and he's gonna, yeah. yeah, he's gonna be that. So you don't really need like, you know, you don't have to. It, it doesn't take seven years to prove that you're an elite quarterback. You know, you just gotta go yeah. out there and be that. But if you have, my, if you have one MVP vote. Are you going Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers this year? Take Mahomes out of it. Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Who's your MVP? I'm vote? going Russ, man. I'm really? Going I'm going okay. Russ, man. I'm going Russ. And, um, you know, he's just been – that's the only thing that Russ hasn't been able to get. Like, that's yeah. the one thing. Like, you know, it, that's the one thing. Like, and I think he's – you know, his mental is just on a whole other level right now. He's, oh, he's yeah. mentally – and, you know, for a quarterback, like, that's 50% of it. Like, his – Yep. His mental and his confidence and his his ability to will things into existence is just off the charts with with Russ right now, and I and I don't see it changing, you know, anytime soon. This Minnesota game where they just played, you know, it was a tough one, and he was able to come out on top with that one, and yep. you know, the game the game with the Cowboys was a tough one, and you know, he's gonna have some easy, he's gonna have some easier games that he's gonna play in, and but you know, yep. these 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 first five, he's he's been unstoppable, and it's it's definitely been inspiring, you know. Um, and not only on the not only like quarterbacks defensively too like Miles Garrett and, and Aaron Donald you know those guys are playing out of their mind right now and I get to see yeah let's let's talk know, some of those guys let's talk about your defensive guys because you hold pass rush summits yeah. you like to yeah. talk about you know this game and and the defensive perspective and the skills and you like sharing those skills with other players a lot of guys are very selfish about stuff like that you're very open to it and and that's awesome to see building that fraternity but okay give me your top five pass rushers obviously miles garrett's got to be in there aaron miles donald's got to be in there i'm talking about this season right now like from the games that i just just like, right watched. now like yeah i got yep. no particular order no particular order okay but i got okay. aaron donald we'll cut that out don't sa- worry <laughs> this, this four sack game that he just had this this last week like i'm sitting like at home like watching it like bro like yeah <laughs> i want i gotta play bro i have to play like <laughs> When you see like people have like these games and like and I'm sitting at home watching hurt like it it creates like this drive to like bro like that's how I know like bro that's how I know like I'm like I'm coming right back after this like I'm still at home watching these guys like and I'm getting like fired up like bro, I gotta go out yeah. there I gotta go out there and I gotta show like what I can do so, but you know Aaron Donald he had this four set game went crazy he he just gorilla tackled uh, Alex Smith. <laughs> 
Alex Smith, this is this is this is fourth snap, and like in like two years, he hasn't played since 2018. And I'm watching that game live. You know, I see Kyle Allen go down, and um, you know, I see Alex Smith come in, and I'm nervous for Alex. Like, I'm sitting at home hurting. I know like the road that he had to like travel just to get back into the game, just yep. to like get on the field and play. And like the camera crew that's showing clips of his family and his son. Yeah. And I'm and I'm like feeling it. I'm like feeling it for Alex and. That's cool. He go out there. He throw he throw a pass to the flat, and I'm feeling. I'm like, okay, yeah, he, you know, he's building up. He's getting warmed up. And then you know, second pass, he kind of scrambles a little bit. He throws it off to, uh, yeah, he throws like a little dump route, a little check down to the running back. Missed yep. it by a little bit. I had to go check it to see if he caught it, but you know, ended up missing that one. And now third down comes, and like I can just feel like Alex Smith, like okay, I got him. Like I'm throwing it down the field. I'm gonna make yeah. this play. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Donald just. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Donald just come out of nowhere and just end all of that, end all of that stuff. So you know, Aaron Donald had a crazy game, four sacks. Miles um, Garrett, he's he's on a, he's on a mission this year. He's he's looking crazy too. Khalil Mack, this Thursday night game that he played in, like he just flipped off. He tackled Tom yep. Brady, but then he flipped. He then he just flipped the offensive lineman, three hundred and twenty pound offensive lineman, flipped him too. He should have had three sacks that game, but you know they threw like they threw like this unnecessary roughness like call yeah. like which was which is ridiculous. But you know we gotta take care of the quarterbacks. I get it, and um, you know I, you know Alden Smith, you know Alden Smith has been rushing yeah, the pass. I was good. just gonna say Alden Smith. He hasn't played football in four years. You know the NFL like the NFL they love like redemption stories and comeback stories and. You know, there's, that's a great one right there with, with Alan Smith. He's he's had to overcome so much. And we all know, like, being away from football, even a couple of games, like, it changes mm-hmm. you. And, you know, to be away from football four years and then come back and, you know, have four sacks through the first four games is 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 crazy. And T.J. Watt, man, he's he's looking great. Joey Bowles is looking great, yeah. too. I know that's six. Yeah. You know, but Joey Bowles, is, Joey Bowles is looking better than he's ever looked. So, you know, those would be my guys that are just killing it this year. And. You know, I'm sitting at home, like, watching these guys. <laughs> just getting motivated, man. That's how I know I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to come I back. I get it. Your chicken farming story. How did this start? What's the current status? How's the business model? How's the business plan? Give us a current state of the union when it comes to chicken farming. And are you going to have, like, a special, like, chicken sandwich place? Are you going to compete with Popeyes and Chick-fil-A with a spicy chicken sandwich? What's the deal? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I started a chicken operation. It's called Greener Pastures Chicken. You can look it up online. Um, we do uh, pasture raise. I think Savannah sent me a shirt. I think I got a shirt from you guys. Yeah, the green shirt. Yep, it's a green yeah. uh, Greener Pastures shirt. You know, and I, when I started like raising chickens, I wanted to be different than you know the commercial operations that go on. I didn't want. I wanted to have cameras around. I wanted. To, I wanted photos i wanted everybody to see how we raise our chicken which mm-hmm. you know in traditional chicken operations people shy away from that they don't want you to see how you know the product is raised they don't want you to see how the chickens are living and on, on my end like i got pictures on you can go to the greener pastures instagram page and you can see how my chickens are living on a daily basis and they have access to natural grass natural sunlight they have plenty of space in each chicken house like they're living happy lives and i think you can really taste that in the bird, you know, and, you know, um, that's the only unfortunate thing at the end of the day, like, you know, we got to eat them. But other than that, like they're living, they're living the best, they're living the best lives that you could possibly live. 
out of chickens and I think you can really taste I I think you really taste the difference 100%. What's different about like our chicken our chicken um our chicken houses we have these coops on on open pastures and we just have them we have them like hooked up to four-wheelers and we just drag them across the land. So they get they get new access to like natural bugs, um sunlight, oh, like all the organic all the organic things that you could that you could possibly want out your chicken. We got to make green pastures chicken. I hate, man, I hate that. I should have sent, like, I should have sent, like, a little brochure or flyer so you can see it. Yeah, right. I gotta, I gotta pump that up. And then, what about, uh, what's the current status of the, of the business? Are you, is it direct to consumer? Do you sell to any other, you know, companies that put out, that are famous for chicken, like Chick-fil-A or anything like that? What's, what's the deal? Not yet. Not yet. That's my dream. That's my dream to have, like, a contract with, like, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A or Chipotle. Um, yeah. Chipotle will be Chipotle will be a good one because they started here in Colorado and they're all about like having real meat and having natural product and there's no there's no better product than Green Pastures Chicken. Um, but you know we don't have those countries yet. We're going straight from the farm to the house, um, just using the same Amazon model and it's been doing pretty well mm -hmm. for us. We're expanding we're expanding with Green Pastures too. And um, January, so you know the chickens are good. You know everything's good, and it's crazy to think about like, you know, the very first opportunity that I had to like. I didn't grow up wanting to be a chicken farmer. That's just not, you know. I'm from Dallas, Texas. You know, I grew up in the country, but it never like hit me like I'm gonna be a chicken farmer. Like when I go to the league, I'm gonna be a chicken farmer. Like it never hit me. I went to college, and um, to be honest, it started off by taking an easy class. It was a meat production one on one, and the average of this class was a ninety, like a ninety two or something. And I needed it to like lip boost up my GPA, like you know, like a lot of guys <laughs> in college. So I'm taking this, I'm taking this meat production class, right? And you know, it was easy. And if you know me, whenever something, whenever I have an opportunity to take a nap or go to sleep, I'm gonna do it. And um, you know, I was in this meat production class, and I used to fall asleep every day. It's an easy class. I used to follow this. I used to follow this class every day, and this is what really got me on to like chicken and selling chicken. My uh, professor, you know, Doctor Farnell, he would see me sleep in the class, and he would like, hey, he was like, hey, Von, tell me about vertical vertical integration. Tell me about meat production. Tell me about the genetics. And he in turn it would make me like learn like the process even more, and um, you know, I, I just started doing the numbers and you know. Um, I start going through it and I was like, wait, like, they making this much? Like, wait, like, <laughs> I don't, like, I, this is what I had to do to, like, be a chicken farmer. And that was the first opportunity. This was even, like, before the league. Like, this is in college. And I, I saw a way, I saw a way for me to, like, make it and, like, provide for my family. And I saw a way um, for me to have something sustainable that I could do over time and I can pass down to my kids and I can... Pass it down to my grandkids and my great great grandkids, and you know I saw an opportunity to do that, and um, you know made it to the National Football League, and you know they had to take out this this huge loan like some like uh, like some chicken farmers do that I had to pay it I had to pay off like forty years, and my children would be paying off. I could just you know start this business now. I know about it. I was already right. raising chickens at home. I was already raising chickens at home with my mom and my dad, and you know the whole family was in on the business, and you know I saw my shot and I took it and. You know, it's just crazy to, you know, be 31 years old and to have a chicken farm. And, you know, it was, it was just something that I just saw in a, in a class in college, an easy class in college. And boom, here we are. So it's doing good. It's doing that well, is, man. And, and I'm proud of it. You have this iconic look. 
you always have glasses on, Vaughn, and your charity, Vaughn's Vision, is all about eyewear or corrective eyewear for Denver and the greater Denver area for lower income families and need uh, eyewear and corrective eyewear. Where did that come from? Obviously, you you have that look and, and that's the signature Von Miller look, the, the glasses, they're always cool glasses. Um, and, and what does that mean to you to give back to the, to the community like that? Man, it's, it's it's great, man. When I first got in the when I first got in the league, I was looking for a way to give back. I had incredible teammates around me, like Tim Tebow and Brian Dawkins, with all these great foundations and all these great charities, and you know, it was doing incredible things with the community. And I wanted to do that, and I wanted to have something that I wanted to leave my stamp and my identity on the community and help at the same time. And you know, it took me a year, man. I saw I saw all the great stuff that Tim Tebow was doing, and that was him. Like that was that was Tim. Like creating building hospitals in the in the Philippines like that's that's Tim Tebow like he grew up like this is that was his fingerprint right. that was his identity and I was trying to find the same thing for me and you know signing autographs and you know took off my glasses and I took off my glasses and I like wiped my eyes and I looked down at my glasses one day and I was like bro I'm gonna I'm gonna start a charity I'm gonna start a foundation for glasses and we're gonna get back glasses eye exams contacts um, LASIK surgery, anything to do with the eyes back to underprivileged children. And mm. it just started out like that. And, you know, I wanted to help like, you know, five or six kids and, you know, to, um, you know, raise over a million dollars when glasses only cost $20 to make is just been, you know, incredible, man. And I, and I had a, a, a crazy team behind me. Like I had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr, all wow. of these guys behind me that make not the actual Scotty Pittman. I'm talking about the guys that work for like, you know, <laughs> the guys that work for Von's Vision. Oh. You know, but they're but they're like, like role what? players. No, no, no. I get it. I'm talking about they're they're it. like they're like I they're like it. big time players. Like, it's they, like dude, like you the got Bulls the whole work. Bulls team working for you, <laughs> making glasses no, in a sweatshop. No, no, I'm saying like you know, Jeff Ginn it. and all the guys that work and do the great stuff for Von's Vision. They're like Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, and Steve Kerr. They allow me to go out there and. And do what I do, and get guys behind me like that, man. It's, it's been it's been incredible, man. And I just want to keep pushing, man. I just want to keep working. You know, I never want to put like a limit on it, man. I, whatever we can do, you know, to help, whatever it evolves to, you know, is uh, is truly a blessing. I, you know, I'm beyond grateful to to even do what we've done over these last past years. I think this was this would be, um, you know, eight years that you know we started Von's Vision and. You know, to do something and to give back two years, one year is, is a lot, man. And we've been doing it for eight years, man. And I'm truly, you know, appreciative and grateful, you know, for, you know, all the people that have been involved and everybody that's helped me and helped Von's vision to the point where it's at. All those kids are very grateful, too. Chicken's grateful to a point, not till the end, obviously, because it's a, it's a sad reality. But we all appreciate the great food that you supply with uh, Greener Pastures Chicken. Thank you again for taking the time, Vaughn. I know you're you're busy rehabbing. You got a lot of stuff going on, uh, even though you're not playing. What are your social media? So it's Greener Pastures, Vaughn's Vision, Vaughn Miller on yep. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, man, you ain't, got, you ain't got to look at those, man. Just, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just Greener Pastures Chicken and, and Vaughn's Vision would be great, man. If you guys could follow that, man, that'd be, that'd be incredible. We're wishing you the best. We know you're going to be back out better than ever next year. So God bless you. Keep rehabbing hard, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you, Mark. Appreciate all you guys, man. Thank you. Like, share, subscribe, uh, at Mark underscore Sanchez, at 4th and Forever, Instagram, Twitter, all that. 
you know where to go. Thanks again for having us, and we'll see you soon.